Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. I'm Suzanne Kearns, Mom and Dot 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 writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate. And today I am a Mom 2 conference recoverer because, you know, you're gone for four or five days and it takes two weeks to catch up. Look at this. I still have not unpacked this bag. <laughs> it's still full of all the crap from two weeks ago. Things yeah. In it. Yeah, yeah. I'm Missy Stevens, Mom and Dot 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 writer, foster care advocate, and today fired up voter blessed be the fruit <laughs> under his eye mm-hmm. missy yeah. yeah we'll just leave that there uh, today <laughs> our guests are margaret abels and amy wilson who you very likely know from their podcast what fresh hell laughing in the face of motherhood and i know them because i stalked amy a thousand years ago <laughs> after she wrote her book when did At i get like blistem, this i believe like blistem yes Ot- seven or something along long time yes, ago. And we hooked up at a Blistem yeah. conference for any of you old school bloggers. You may oh know my that goodness, one. That is so, oh gee. long time ago. And Amy and Margaret are the co-hosts of What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, a comedy podcast that is a 2022 Webby honoree for best podcast, kids and family. Yay. <laughs> Amy and Margaret are each moms of three. They launched their podcast in the fall of 2016 when their kids were between the ages of four and 14. And now they've got tweens, teens, and one in college and one on his way. Yep. You mean on his way to college. On his way to college. <laughs> Let's be very yeah. clear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Not on the way out of the book. That is a good thing to clarify. No babies on the way. No on the way, please. Let's be clear. (laughs) That is a good, edit that carefully, Suzanne. (laughs) I'm leaving it in. (laughs) Before starting What Fresh Hell, Amy wrote a parenting book called When Did I Get Like This? The one that I read and then stalked her and toured Mm -hmm. the country with a one woman show called Motherload. She was also a sitcom actor. Margaret started out in stand-up, wrote for PBS Kids and MTV, and then became a senior writer for Nickelodeon's Nick Mom. Welcome, y'all. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. So excited to have you here. And we're so excited to finally actually touch base with y'all at Mom 2 last week. I yeah, know. So, that was yeah. fun. It was fun to be out and about again. Oh, my God. Humans. Humaning yeah. and peopling and hanging it was out a on lot. the 70th floor of the Intercontinental. I mean, <laughs> yeah. no. it was not for people with uh, fear of heights. That's what no. I will say. Oh, yeah. Or eardrum issues. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I have yes. one kid who doesn't love the elevator and he Yawn in the elevator. hated it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good luck, kiddo. But yeah, as uh, Missy read your intros, you have really interesting and extensive career histories, but I'm sure that there have been some pivots along the way, uh, specifically once kids were introduced into the picture. So I'm going to actually kick off with Margaret, if you want to talk a little bit about where your career has gone along the years and what, how that's been impacted. (laughs) You have seven hours. Uh, I'll try (laughs) to condense it. I started as a bicycle messenger. Um, Did you really? Won't go all the way back there. Yes, I did. A lot of bartending, a lot of waiting tables. Um, But really my career pivot was what led me to Amy here. Uh, I had been, in Hollywood, writing for television, 
And then I got married and had three kids in very quick succession about the time my Hollywood career was shaky. I mean, it was always shaky, but it was getting very <laughs> shaky. You know, reality <laughs> TV had kind of come in and I was a sitcom writer. It was hard to get a job. And so just hustling really hard for every gig. And, and I wasn't loving it. Maybe I would have been loving it if I would have been, you know, winning Emmys and like living in one of those selling sunset houses, but I wasn't. <laughs> and so I had been working at Nick Mom, which was Nickelodeon's spinoff mm -hmm. channel for mm -hmm. moms. And that was folding. And uh, across my desk truly came a video and I looked at it and I said, that's Amy Wilson who went to school with my sister, my sister and Amy Back in the day, we're in an improv comedy group together in college. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. And what so we had was overlapped. It? Yale. I went to Yale and, <gasps> and so did Margaret's sister, Kate. And we were in the Exit Players, which was a true, we have Oscar nominees, Emmy winners, uh, famous actors. Comics. Yes. Yeah, and also the author of, was it Blood and Bone? What is it? There's, there's a oh. sort of a Hunger Games-esque young adult author, Lee. I can't think of her last name. Do you know who I mean? I, well, I, I thought Missy nodded for a second. So we'll I, put I, it in the I, show. I know the It'll Blood and to Bone me. sounds really familiar. Yeah, yeah. Think. And she she has sold like millions of copies of books and she was also in the Exit Players. It was it was quite an interesting group of people, including Margaret's sister, Kate, most importantly. <laughs> it was the most <laughs> interesting for our yeah. purposes. <laughs> and so Amy and I had overlapped for sure over the years because lots of friends in common. Amy was a sitcom actor, so I would see her on TV and be like, oh, there was Amy. And, you know, just overlapping. And then we both kind of were in the parenting space, as we say. I had a blog mm -hmm. called Short Bet Dictator for a long time. Love Amy that. was doing her blog. And we just kept kind of overlapping, but we didn't really, really know each other. And so people often describe our podcast as like two best friends talk about parenting. And we have gotten really close from doing the podcast. But episode number one, I was saying, how many kids do you have? What are their names? I mean, <laughs> are you married? Like we believe, did not yes. really know each other. Yeah. And so my pivot was leaving kind of the entertainment industry, capital E, capital I, and trying to figure out as a mom with three young kids, like I wanted to stay entertaining people, but I didn't want to be hustling around going to meetings and that whole world. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I truly took Amy out for wine and cheese and said, do you want to do a podcast? And she said, yes. And it's how true. many years later now? It's I mean, that was the, the spring of 2016. Yeah. And so it's six, we're six years since we, I think we actually recorded our first episode like six years ago this month. So yeah, that sounds right. And we let's launched... try this thing, this podcast yeah, yeah. thing, give it a whirl. Uh, well, and did you know impressive. how to do a podcast or are we all figuring it out as you went? For sure, figuring it out as we went, right? Yeah. It was definitely. Oh, we had no idea what Googled we were how to doing. do a podcast. In fact, our early reviews were like, "Why did they sound like robots?" And it's because <laughs> I was in GarageBand trying to like play with the equalizer button and make yeah. us sound better. And you know, my kid would walk in. I mean, it was a mess in the beginning. Though I will say, we did spend a lot of time prepping. We did. Amy and I are both planners, Amy more so than me, probably. And we did spend a lot of time like, what do we want this to be? Why yes. do we want it to be? So we were not just turning mics on mm -hmm. and being like, rah, 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 rah. we knew mm -hmm. from the beginning, Amy brings in research. Our basic format is we try to solve a single parenting dilemma every week. Amy brings in research and then I am kind of color commentary slash 
doubter. I'm the person who needs to be convinced <laughs> by the research. Gimlet eye, Margaret. Yes. Amy <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. The gimlet eye. And that's true. I'm like, eh, tried it. Doesn't work. No, thanks. <laughs> I was about <laughs> to say, like, do you ever have to come back and go, well, I tried it and it it did work? Or well, you it's always- just a Sometimes. lot of the advice is sort of like me. And also the great thing is we each have three kids. So we also have the perspective mm-hmm. of like, just make the meat what's on their plate. It's like, yeah, I have two kids that works really well for. It. And then I have a kid with sensory issues. And let me tell you, he will go mm-hmm. all the way to the mat. He's not eating what's on his plate. And for us, we talked about on our picky eaters episode for us, a big victory is letting him be in the kitchen with people who have it on their plate. Mm -hmm. And like, I get you parenting books that you think that like, that's not where it's at, but that's where it's really at in my house. Yeah. Super nanny isn't going to work for particular situations. I think that's what we bring to our listeners too, is we have, we each have multiple kids. So we have the perspective of like, it's very easy when you don't have a kid who's a picky eater, like just, just make them eat it and they'll eat it. Right. And then you have yeah. that one kid who's very but easy it, when you don't have a kid at all. Yeah. Very oh, yes. <laughs> That's when I was the very best mother. Right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> but also I think we're on the other side of this and, and, you know, our kids are older now. So I have a kid in college. I have a 19 year old as my oldest. And I think as we get our average listener is, is has kids a lot younger mm-hmm. and I think that's why they listen, right? They don't, they don't feel disconnected from our perspective. They're grateful for our perspective. It's like, you know, I don't remember how I got him to stay in bed once we switched to the toddler bed, but he's in high school now and he's not still doing yeah. it. <laughs> I think that's what our pediatrician fine. told us like a thousand years ago. And I can't even remember which of the many things I went in panicky about. I'm pretty sure it was potty training with one of mine. And he said, I have never sent one to college in diapers. <laughs> Like all of my patients Eventually learn to do this, figure this you know, out. like he's, he's going to figure it out. He just doesn't want to. And yeah. he was right. And Which doesn't mean there's one of mine who didn't know his colors. He just it doesn't mean there's nothing to be to. done and you ignore stuff when it occurs, but it just, it just means like you don't have to fix it right now that your two-year-old yeah. doesn't want to share. Two-year-olds yeah. don't want to share that they, when they're no. three, it'll be different. Yes. Oh, yeah. well now, Amy, we know Absolutely. a little bit about your background. You went to Yale, which... I need some tips. I got a daughter who fell in love with Yale. We decided just to pop in there for lunch on our way from touring NYU to going up to Brown and RISD. And her coach is like, oh, just check out Yale while you're there. And of course, she's like, love it. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a little little tough to get into, but yeah. it looks amazing. I, we, I, I loved it there and and uh, really, like, really found my people. It was very easy to be creative there. You know, you could get mm-hmm. money from the different, the, co- the residential colleges, which are like, you know, the houses in Harry Potter or whatever, but you could get money mm-hmm. from your individual one to put on a play. So I, I was in a ton of plays and stuff while I was there, but you could always get money to, to found a club or to start a new improv comedy group or whatever. So mm-hmm. you were only limited by your, imagination in a way that I think is kind of true now with the internet and TikTok and podcasts. Yeah. And so, so I learned there, like have an idea and then make it happen. Push the tables out of the way in the dining hall after dinner and make a stage and do a play. Nobody's stopping you. And that was a great, great thing to learn at a young age. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's an amazing environment. Yeah. It was exciting. So then, so after college, I went into acting, knew I wanted to do that and did it for a while. Had, had a lot of success in my uh, late twenties and early thirties. And then time to have kids. My spouse was in New York and I was in LA. So that didn't work for the, you know, getting pregnant and having a baby part. It's tough. Yeah. And oh, how long just, did that go on for? Or is it still going on for? The uh, living apart. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, we know it was like, okay, time for me to live in the same coast. So yeah. um, no, I stopped doing that. And then unfortunately I had, you know, I'd put my sort of shoulder to the wheel in, in LA. So for a while the phone kept ringing, like, 
fly out, screen test for this and that. And some of these shows went and stayed on the air for a while. It was a little, you know, hard to like, ugh, I, I had a feeling that show was going to work, but no, I'm, I was pregnant with number one. I was pregnant with number two. Yeah. And then eventually they kind of stopped calling, you know? So uh, that where, part of my what life can we see you in? What can we see you in? Oh, well, people tell me all the time. <laughs> I did a bunch of stuff, but the thing that people are most excited about was that I was in Felicity. I, I did had a couple of episodes of Felicity. And, I can see uh, you in Felicity. So see that. And I'm also on Blue Bloods. <laughs> Market. Oh, that's, oh that's huge. That's huge with my people, <laughs> my my in-laws and my yes. parents. I always say they always say, oh, Margaret is on a show with Amy Wilson. She was on Blue Bloods. That's the, that's her claim <laughs> to fame in my family. <sighs> yeah, I'm one episode, yeah. you know, playing a mom yeah. who who I think if you're under 50, ways. you've never heard of Blue Bloods, but it's huge. But if you have parents, you've heard of it. Huge. You were so right. And when I did when I did Blue Bloods, you're right. All the women of a certain age, like older than me, were like, what is Tom Selleck like? But Tom <laughs> Selleck, like if you watch the show, he he plays the patriarch of a family and they have Sunday yeah. dinner. Like he clearly like shoots the whole season and two days like Tom Selleck <laughs> wasn't there while I was doing like the case of the week he wasn't on set not Didn't gonna get tell to my dad him. that yeah yeah no. he's a great guy tell him I said he was great <laughs> um, I remember asking you how you cried because you did cry so very much in that episode and I was like how do you screw up that has nothing to do with our show or your show or what we're doing here today but I still find it so fascinating I'm that you, not, I'm not so yeah, I'm not great at it, but this one was like missing kids. So, and then you have to oh, sort of, you, you know, just kind of go off in the corner, like go there in your head. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty hot. As they say in acting class, there was a lot to draw from there. So anyway, so I started doing parenting content because I wasn't working and I had all of a sudden had two little boys and my acting career kind of, but I decided to write something because going back to college, I knew how to create my own material. So I wrote this show that was called Motherload, and I did it off Broadway while I was pregnant with number three. And then I toured around the country with it while she was a baby. And then that turned into a book. And so I became a parenting content creator and found a lot of a lot of reward in it for sure. But then blogging, you know, then Facebook killed the blog. And yeah. I, I was sort of like, hmm, now what? Wrote a novel that didn't work. And then then somebody that I kind of knew was like, I think we should do a podcast together. And, and came the randomest phone yeah, call yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it went down? He just gave a call and was like, hey. Yeah, I mean, seriously, I think I probably had to track you down. Like, I probably had to call my sister and say, do you know how to get in touch with Amy Wilson? Yeah. And I will say that my sister is constantly on our Facebook group threatening to write a book called <laughs> What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, Crying Behind the Scenes, where she tells the true story of me stealing her friend Amy oh. and going on to podcasting success. And so, She's got some tales to tell, su- It's a touchy subject. <laughs> I saw y'all took her to dinner recently. Yes. Oh, yeah, we yes. were trying to bribe her, but she was like, it was a nice dinner, but I will not be bought. No. <laughs> Has she ever been on the show? No, but we definitely have something in the works. Yeah. Uh, in right. that That's realm. a very special episode. A very, very, very special, special episode. episode. Oh, that'll yeah, be fun. She needs some guest spots. We yes. had our brothers so, on last year for a, yeah. a Father's Day spectacular. That's fun. Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> we don't usually have dudes on, but it was kind of <laughs> yeah, it's the only time. We don't either. Sometimes, every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's the right expert for the moment, yeah. or in our brothers' yeah. cases, it just... They were just convenient. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of dads and dot, dot, dot. So Yes, exactly. Yeah, so we may go back to some of the parenting stuff, but I really okay. want to talk about your entrepreneurship because you recently started a media company. And 
I want to know how that came about. And if, if you had told yourself even five years ago, hey, I'm going to have a media company and be a business owner, would you have believed yourself? So maybe Amy, you can start with that. I mean, absolutely not. Right. I didn't know I wanted to do a podcast either. That that's like all, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel so fulfilled by what I do every day, but it, it came, you know, came from the sky and the business also was sort of like, do I, do I want to be a business owner? And, and I will say like, to my surprise, I have found running the spreadsheets for our podcast and this is our inventory and this is how many advertisers and how are we going to grow our listeners? And I really, I really loved that stuff much more than I thought I would. And so the business became sort of a, I mean, we had to sort of hold hands and and jump like, yeah, we're going to do this, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was a natural outgrowth. And I think we feel really motivated by the idea of like, we figured something out, like this is, Mm -hmm. this is working for us. And there are a lot of Mm -hmm. female created podcasts out there that are on the path and just not making money off it yet. And we think we can get them to a different place. And that's, that's really motivating. It's exciting. Yeah. 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 I'm not a big, like the universe brings you, it's not my vibe, (laughs) but I will say this partnership and the way it came about, there's something very like magic dust on it because we always say I'm kind of idea canon. And then Amy is like incredibly intelligent and business-minded and like smart about how to actually do things. And so I think for both of us, it wouldn't have come about without both parts of that yin and yang without, I I tend to be the person who's a little bit like, it can be bigger. It could be huge. We could do live shows. We could do this. We could do that. And Amy's like, I can actually figure out how to implement this stuff. It's not always that way. Amy's had plenty of ideas and I've had plenty of strategies, but it's just a kind of a magical combination. And I do think that having done it ourselves, we have really been interested in the idea that there's a lot of women who are creating really good content who are not monetizing. And we talk, you know, having just come from mom too, I mean, you hear a lot about imposter syndrome and like, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not always the biggest believer in imposter syndrome. I'm somebody who tends to be like, I got this, you know, but in terms of seeing myself as a comedian and a, I mean, I lived in a van, like doing comedy for four years. And the <laughs> idea that I would like form LLCs and pay people <laughs> and pay taxes for multiple business. I don't know. I sometimes feel like, that's where my imposter syndrome comes in, like Mm. a calculator. I'm a wacko, you know, (laughs) but I do think it's very, it's been very illuminating to say like, Hey, we can do this and we should do this. And, And to some degree we were inspired, I think by other people coming in and maybe offering us deals or trying to acquire us and saying like, you know, we're already doing a really good job at this. Mm -hmm. And rather than, and I think also having come out of Hollywood where it's a lot of like going into rooms full of men and trying to be pleasing in very specific ways to make Mm -hmm. them give you money. It's not the greatest feeling. Yeah. And so creating an atmosphere where we're able to build other people's businesses alongside them without that dynamic, it's like a dream come true. It really is. Yeah. You're right. We we gotten used to to existing without gatekeepers. I mean, I I was from the acting world where it's almost always no, where you would literally hear like you didn't get it because you're not quite beautiful enough, you know, or like you Ugh. just didn't quite or nothing or or usually or nothing. nothing. The phone doesn't ring, and that's how you find out you didn't get it. So to move away from that world, and for you, Margaret, the the writer's world of like, eh, 
Right. Could you just rewrite it so it's in outer space instead? And you're like, oh my God, I'm just going to throw this out. Like, that's a terrible <laughs> idea. And they're not going to I'd like buy it better it if the lead was a dog instead of a college age girl. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then you'll do that's it and then they still don't buy story. it. Yeah. And then they don't yeah. buy it. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. So to oh. move away from the gatekeepers that we had dealt with and then to go back into that, like, no, 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 we're the gatekeepers for ourselves. It's mm -hmm. it, it feels pretty exciting. Ugh. We well, talk about that a lot, that that's one of the most energizing things about doing a podcast is we decide. Yes. We decide who we have on. We decide what we talk to them about. We It's it's what we're interested in. And sometimes that's a very selfish feeling of like, this is for us. Yeah. But that's really exciting after years of, I mean, neither of us were in the entertainment industry, but just years of working for other people to be mm -hmm. able to yeah. call our own shots. We had a lot of menopause coaches there for a while because we were like, hey, <laughs> I'm having hot. some hot flashes. <laughs> what, do, what do I want to know about? Yeah, we everything. Need some more information on this topic. Yeah, our guests kind of trend based on what our, our life issues <laughs> are at the point. <laughs> well, that's the other great thing about podcasting is that you can, I mean, honestly, doing the podcast has made me a better parent. It's actually taught me a lot of stuff. I say things all the time although i have to always ask amy to remind me what it is what's the thing amy <laughs> yeah. where you wind down at night with kids who are like add it's like it's like a come down derangement syndrome or oh, something oh, oh yeah 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 uh, after school restraint collapse <laughs> after school restraint collapse like the, these things that i've learned about it, it's actually and i think that's what's great about podcasting from a real place of self is that you're not just being like let's analyze whether or not this da, da, da. it's not there's not that remove it's very like i'm having this problem who can help me with it and then your audience who's listening is on that ride with you and mm -hmm. they're not hearing like you know good parents in france <laughs> feed their kids snails and the kids never complain they're hearing my me say like I've got two kids this is working with, but I've got a kid who this is not working with. What else you got? Yep, exactly. Well, and that was going to be my next question because you've learned a lot, obviously, about the business side and you know running the podcast, but you've probably learned a lot from your guests as well. I mean, you've had hundreds and hundreds of interviews and really curious if you have seen especially recently, any common threads across your guests as far as challenges that moms are facing or that kids are facing and some of the biggest lessons that you've learned around those? I mean, for us, Maybe I would say helpful. our podcast changed completely during the pandemic because the immediacy of those problems and trying to solve them became huge for people. And we were talking about that. And I know a lot of podcasts struggle during the pandemic, but I think because we were dialed in every week and we honestly struggled with like, are we pivoting to this? Are we going to dial in on this? Mm -hmm. We don't really know what's going on. So can we be presenting information in this space and what people mm -hmm. really were craving? And I think what we were able to provide was conversations of like, what are we doing? This is scary. This is hard. Is there anything that's working. Okay, there's a couple things that are working and we weren't providing, you know, I mean, other than like what we picked up doom scrolling Twitter, we weren't saying like, <laughs> this is how long the incubation period is for this variant. Right. But we yes. were able to say like, wait a minute, we weren't ready for this. We don't like homeschooling. We're not good at it. And being able to have those really active conversations during the pandemic, mm -hmm. I feel like that's, that was a huge learning for me. That's what it is that they, that, um, this is as hard as you think it is. I think that was really what our listeners needed to hear and was what we needed to hear. 
So it was very easy to be genuine about that. We are we fellow yeah. travelers, and this is as hard as you think it is, and even harder for our listeners who have, you know, had small children at home. Yeah. Um, and we, we had a guest on recently. I won't say who it is because it, it doesn't matter. What matters was the pushback. This guest's approach was more old-fashioned, like if your spouse does something that bothers you, like what if you shouldn't let it bother you? Like they're a good person. So they throw their socks on the floor. Who cares? And and we got pushback from our audience like, no, <laughs> they need to pick up the socks because they need to do it. And, and, and I think over the last couple of years, yeah, we have moved more towards that. Like if there's something that needs to be addressed, there are productive ways to address it and not productive ways to address it. But hearing maybe if you just didn't worry about it so much, it wouldn't be a problem is not really what our listeners want to hear. Or I think usually what we want to tell them. It isn't like Stop overthinking it is not a useful solution to almost any parenting thing that comes along, especially when <laughs> no. you're told to overthink it in the first place. And one yeah. thing I will also say and trying to avoid being cloying and, 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 and sort of facile about it. But so we have three shows. We do a show where we answer questions. We do our kind of flagship show where we solve a dilemma. And then on Fridays, we talk to an expert about a topic. And one of the other things that's been really interesting to me in talking to this hugely diverse range of people, we've talked to, you know, parents who are first generation immigrants and how that affects raising their kids, parents of children with special needs, complicated medical needs. And we were sort of worried, I think, in the beginning that are these topics limiting? Are they for everyone? And like the universality of the challenges that we're dealing with has been really interesting to me, like how how much the struggle of first-generation immigrant mom parallels the struggle of a mom who maybe had an ACEs childhood, adverse childhood experiences, mm -hmm. who's trying to change the way that they raise their children, but also bring in some of the traditions about their own life and childhood. And that's been really interesting and, and kind of inspiring to see is that while there is a hugely diverse range of opinions, obviously, and, and political views, I think we've been able to maintain a really diverse audience who's listening from a lot of different points of view and find a common ground that I think is really special. Yeah. And what a gift to give a platform to some of those issues that maybe there isn't as much empathy or understanding about and to, to have those conversations. Because, yeah, I do think that even though it may not apply our day-to-day -day life, it probably applies to a friend or a teacher or a coworker or mm -hmm. someone. And you want to be more well-versed about it or just more understanding or just a better human. And the, <laughs> and the empathy that applies to a child who is learning the language or a child of a different race or a child who is differently abled applies to your kid who is really bad at soccer and not making the team. Mm. Like the, the parallels are just very accessible, I think, to people in a way that that is really useful. I love looking at motherhood that way that, yes, we all have very unique children. We are very unique people who are all coming at things from our own experiences, but it is universal and it is as hard as you think it is. I feel like that's going to be the quote from the show. This is as hard as it feels. And yeah. it's nice to have people to talk to about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that really needs to be stitched on a pillow for sure. Do you have that <laughs> trademarked? That is like, no, no. hurry up. <laughs> it might be on your next shirt Before or something. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. We're always, we're always looking for new merch ideas. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. That is a very good one. Cause that, oh, doesn't that, I mean, I feel my shoulders like kind of, Whew, when you say that, I mean, just about literally 
anything that you could encounter, yeah. anything your kid can manage to bring home from school. Oh my God. Yeah. My kid, they was someone uh, lit the bathroom on fire again, again, um, <laughs> again. <laughs> at his school. And then when he was standing to get on the bus, someone was handing out Bibles and stuff to all the kids getting on the bus. It's like at every day school. is just like a weird thing. Like, I could, I could not have even thought that up when I sent you off to school today that those yeah. two things were going to happen. But it's just like, yeah, that is it's as hard as you think it is that it's just like, and it's true. You're that, not like, crazy. The, the yeah. title, <laughs> I, I brought the title of the show in when I pitched Amy and because my mom loved that expression, what fresh hell. It's a Dorothy Parker saying, but it 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 encapsulated for her like you know, she had four kids and like you open the door every day. It's like, what fresh hell is this? <laughs> is it Bibles at the bus stop or is it COVID in our house or is mm -hmm. it a vomiting kid who you never saw coming? Or yeah. is it the kid who yeah. got expelled because they did something dumb, you know, and now everybody thinks that you're a terrible parent. Oh. It's a lot of what fresh hell parenting. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. That reminds me. Tonight, we're doing a live recording. Once a month, we do a Facebook live recording of the podcast. Yeah. And for Teacher Appreciation uh, Week, we're having my two kids' favorite teacher from grade school. Oh, um, on their, I think they're both going to make an appearance and pop in and be like, hi, Miss Forrest. But I mean, I mean, talk about That's the so fresh great. hell. I think about teachers all the time when I'm like, well, especially yeah. now. It's our After we did their 30. job for a couple months, it's like, okay, bow down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I didn't you were right. do their job. Like, no, right. my, children were, job yeah, no, my children right. were at home doing Here. school we and I was at home job. going, good oh, yeah. luck. Good luck to all of you. Yeah. My daughter's grade school, they have new sort of, you know, materials. Like, come find out about our school. And uh, sort of, you know, sizzle reel video and, and yeah, just newfound respect watching this video just yesterday. Cause of course we weren't in the classroom. These, we were in the classroom and they were home on zoom and then we're like, Ooh, that was tough. And then we sent them back to school watching these teachers that I've known for a long time. Cause they taught all my kids like leading, like calisthenic exercises with a mask on and all the kids with the mask on teaching, like just, just the extra mile that they've had to go PS since the kids have gone back and are still right. It didn't didn't end for them when lockdown ended. Oh yeah. No, not oh, at all. And I just beginning? think there's, and there's what expectations that? that weren't there before yeah, and yeah, yeah. demands. And yeah, I was just listening God to Jill that. Smokler's new podcast and she had Allison Slater Tate on who I guess now does college coaching. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Um, but there's this term that they have for kids who are going into their freshman year at college now that's feral freshmen. <laughs> Because they just have not had to have like any social skills or interact with people or be responsible for themselves. Like those would be usually those final two years of high school would be the time when they were practicing, you know, going and driving off without telling their yeah, parents where they're the going car. or yeah. making yeah. decisions, a job, like going right? to the store. Yeah. yeah, getting a job. And they're like, oh my God. And I don't know how long it's going to take for that. But I feel that with the kids at school too. Everybody that I know that's a teacher or a principal or whatever, it's just like, they are feral. They are just like these wild little squirrels that someone shook up in a bag and then let go in our school. And like, I don't know. I don't know. We had uh, Mr. D on the show. You know, he is, he's a, a yes. teacher and a stand-up comic. He's, he was a Love fabulous guest Mr. D. and he, he was so funny. My favorite kind of guest, like funny with actual, really interesting, thought-provoking takeaways. And yeah. he said that in every kindergarten class, you know, usually there's that one kid who, when you tag them 
you know, when they're they're it and tag, like, I'm not going to play anymore. Like there's some reason that their ankle hurts and they have to quit at the point of the game yes, where they become yes. it or something doesn't go their way. He's like, I, I have 35 of those. No, I went from one <laughs> to 35. They don't know how to share. They don't know how to be it. They don't know how to line up. And so his whole teaching had to pivot to how not to be feral as opposed to, you know, how to write your name. He's like, we, we, we had to dial it back for a while yes. and learn some basic skills. Basic human yes. skills. Well, and that think kind about of- like, for us, we joke all the time, like, oh, I forgot how to people. And I said it, mom, too, like, I forgot how to conference. It had been a while since I had been in that kind of environment. But we're adults. And we have a right. lot of skills to call on. Right. And we have previous history, deep background in history in there. <laughs> Little kids, got, they got nothing. A lot of them yeah. don't remember life before this. So yeah, Dallas, they don't know how skill to do pool. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Not a clue. So now, since we've got a bunch of feral kids coming home after school every night, we're dealing with all the fresh hell. Like, what are your coping mechanisms for other moms out there? Like, what are some of the best things either you've learned from your experts or just from momming? We talk with tons of people who are like, you need to do gratitude journals. And then I, they oh, told me no. that like, they told me that like 40 times. And then I finally was like, okay, universe, I get it. I get it. I'm supposed to be grateful. I mean, but- I'm all for a gratitude journal, but... I mean, the biggest thing that we always say is don't let the lessons of the pandemic pass you by. So your kids do not need to be supervised all the time. They can be bored. They can play alone. They can whine that they're bored and you cannot fix it. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And so for me, the race to, no offense, Amy, the race to Yale and Harvard And the, oh my gosh, we need to be playing 10 sports and going to Mandarin camp in the summers and making sure we're building rocket ships in all of our spare time and and also starting an orphanage somewhere. I let so much of that stuff go. I wasn't super into that stuff to begin with, so it wasn't that hard for me. But my kids have a ton of unstructured downtime and video games fill in too much of that space probably. But... I have my own life and we do a ton of things with our kids. We take them to the farm sometimes, we travel, we have lots of family activities that they have to be present for. Every one of them has one activity that they participate in, although actually that's probably not even true right now for one of mine, but whatever. And I just got off the hamster wheel of like, there's a race to somewhere Mm -hmm. during the pandemic and I'm not getting back on it. I like the downtime. I like the Saturday sleep in. I was just driving spring into my town, driving through and passing the 800 fields filled with 8 billion kids. I don't have a single kid who plays a sport. I'm fine with it. And, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe my kids aren't going to Yale, but I, 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 that's the pandemic lesson for me is if you're passionate about something, follow it. I have a kid who's interested in animation. He spends a lot of time on the computer, like fooling around with the animation stuff. That's what we're doing at my house. And mm-hmm. we're not getting back on that hamster wheel after the pandemic. Yeah. Our extracurriculars are pretty much just chilling. Snacking is a great extracurricular at our house. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're leaning back in a little bit on that stuff because, you know, you kind of, you're meant to, but I'm hoping that there will be a a general lowering of expectations because how could there not be? You know, my oldest kid got into school explaining on his college application how the thing he wanted to do didn't happen because of the pandemic. Ms. Council just read it anyway to say you wanted to do it and then you didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That no, was at I, least for him. I think work. there's a lot to be said to that. I know I've we've learned all these valuable lessons about like, you know, not having those high expectations or chilling out or self-care. And then I just feel like the college application process in particular is just the 
antithesis of that is just like, no, I want you to show me how hard you have worked and how much sleep you haven't got and like just be amazing, incredible. And I will say I, I don't have kids in high school. So I do think that makes a huge difference because I think high school, that pressure starts to come in. It, like, it's really hard to avoid, yeah. but you yeah. have, I would say you have time like, like, yeah, rest for the climb. Right. Yes. That's, that's the mode we're there. We're at base camps taking a lot of naps. <laughs> Unfortunately, our climb time was during the pandemic. I remember when my daughter, she got nominated for the Honor Society last year. She got in this year, but last year said she didn't have enough volunteer work. I was like, literally, Where what was she, she going supposed to, to right do? Now? What was she supposed to do? I was just so yeah. disgusted. So maybe that's left a bad taste in my mouth. But, but yes. Well, and you, you know, the media is right back to where it was, I think. In, in our faces every day, like it's college acceptance season. So every day you're seeing the story of the, you know, 1500 SAT student with the unweighted four point GPA, blah, blah, blah. And she got into nowhere. Yeah. Right. So they're, they're throwing that at you and it it's really hard to filter it out, but to know there are a lot of schools mm-hmm. and there's a place for everyone and it's, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Frank and if- Bruni has a great book called Where You Go Isn't Who You'll Be. And I recommend it. I oh, read it a long time I ago when my that. kids were little. And I was like, yeah, this yeah. seems to be how I want to live for sure. Yeah. And I think I'd mentioned a couple episodes ago about the, um, the what is it, College Essay Guy podcast. He does such a nice job. Oh. It's not all about college essays, but it very much is just like the settle down (laughs) y'all and they and they bring on a lot of admission officers to try to just be like we're you know we want the essays to be about like just they're nice people they were even one of the i guess one of them that went viral was the it was a reference from the high school custodian that was talking about how this kid knows all the custodial staff's names and like and they'll see him sometimes is like if he's walking by a classroom and there's no one in there and the lights on he'll turn it off or like or he'll pick up some garbage when no one's looking or whatever and they're like they're like that's the kid we want like that is every kid is now going to start being like befriending their yeah hi joey Maybe. I mean, if that's the worst that could happen, now yeah. everybody's finally not right. being assholes to the help at the school. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's one of the things I do think has come out of the pandemic for, <laughs> if you're looking at parenting, is that we really do want to raise people who have this emotional health because this pandemic isn't the last crazy batshit thing that's going to happen in our lives. It's true. So, ugh, we wanted them to have resiliency and like they've... Mm-hmm. They've all got a little more grit than they did a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, Amy, how do you how do you deal with the fresh hellness? I um, during uh, the pandemic, I started doing yoga. I actually did Zoom yoga, oh. and uh, am still doing it. I was doing it religiously four times a week. Now that yeah. real life has creeped back in, I'm doing it like once a week. But my instructor is a friend of mine. She's in Pennsylvania, so I'm almost never there in person, and that has really helped me, including the part at the end where you just sit in community with a couple of strangers and take some deep breaths and yeah. <laughs> let it out all yes. the stress of the last couple of years that has definitely gotten me through. That's my favorite part of yoga. That's why I, I don't do it super regularly right now, but I have at times done it really regularly and I do it for the end. Yes, exactly. You pull up the blanket and just, yeah. 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 I always yes. love there's there's at least one person that starts to snore and there's one person that farts usually if you're in the actual <laughs> classroom if you've really relaxed right, right. I mean sometimes you're, both you're resting you're resting 
All right. Well, we are pushing it on time. And so before we hop into look, listen, learn, where can our listeners find you? Obviously they can look for your podcast. What fresh hell, where are the other good places to find y'all? Our website is whatfreshhealthpodcast.com. Um, you can find, you can search all our episodes on there and uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram at whatfreshhealthcast and we're on Twitter at whatfreshpod because Twitter's like that. We need, we need a fewer letters. <laughs> yep. And TikTok, we're also on TikTok. We're starting to put our clips from our episodes up on TikTok. We're also Wet Fresh Hell cast on TikTok. Awesome. Yeah, we're starting to try to put some clips up as well. Yeah, like, we're so know. old. Nothing makes me feel older than trying to figure TikTok. out anything on TikTok. You made a great yeah. video though yesterday, Suzanne. Did you put it up? I didn't see it. No. <laughs> okay. We're getting there. There's two okay. parts. You got to make it and then you got to put it up. <laughs> yeah. Right. So something was bugging me about it. I was like, it's not ready. But yeah. I'll, I'll throw it up there and try. Last time I threw something up there, people got ugly about it. We did. Ugh. We had a thing about voter suppression and I made the mistake of putting a hashtag on it that people troll. And so, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So because normally, you know, I see it, maybe two other people see it. But this one hit big for us. Somebody found you. I know. I was like, why are there thousands of people watching it? Oh, because they're evil. For that hashtag. And they all (laughs) came to say that it was BS. Oh, yeah. A lot of people with a lot of time on their hands, right? Anyway. Who is, I don't even follow hashtags pertaining to things like our show. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you need more to do, people. My name. (laughs) Oh, Lord. I've never thought of that. Yeah. All right. Are we ready, Missy? I think we're ready for look, listen, learn. And if you're here for the first time listening, thank you for being here. And we close every show with just a few minutes of what we're reading, watching, listening to, buying, whatever it is, something that is making an impact on our lives right now and something that we think you want to know about. It can be serious or it can be completely ridiculous. And we don't like to make our guests go first. So Suzanne, what do you look, listening and learning? All right. Well, I have been looking at, uh, we have a, uh, one of our former guests, uh, Raquel Kelly, who's the mom goal. She was episode 32, uh, did this super cute book. It's like a little, not a pop-up, but a peekaboo book yeah, for moms. It's so cute. Um, so it's May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And a portion of the sales go to Mental Health America. But it's like very, like, it's got like the little oh, that's flaps cute. in it. But it's all about the mom. It's not for the babies. Yeah, like, there's oh, a really great birth There's page. my pants that don't fit anymore. And like, there's a kid being annoying in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's all kinds. It's such a cute little parenting gift. Um, so yeah, that's, and then, like I said, for a good cause, the portion of sales go to Mental Health America. And let's see, what I learned, I, you're going to have to help me pronounce this. Francis Haugen, Hogan, Hogan. Yeah. At the Mom2 conference, uh, was on one of the panels, and she was the Facebook whistleblower who disclosed all those tens of thousands of internal Facebook documents about how they know how dangerous and addictive uh, social media is to teens' brains and the fact that they could fix it (laughs) or make it much better, and they have the power to do that if we just demanded it and seeing how Facebook's audience is like us. It's just a bunch of middle-aged women, moms hanging out there. So um, I think we need to start demanding it. And I'm going to start listening to some more podcasts with tips about how to limit time online. I don't want to, I'm kind of like 
I've got Jess Leahy back here going like, no, let, you know, don't control and monitor all the stuff they're doing. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I don't want to like see what they're doing. I feel like they need to have some privacy about like, what they're writing and what they're communicating. But I want to just like have a cap on the time. So like, okay, you get an hour of TikTok today. You can manage that. Like if you want to binge it all at one hour or if you want to space it out, whatever. But so then it just like cuts it off. And I need it for myself too. I got stuck in, <laughs> I got stuck in Instagram reels for way too long yesterday for nothing. You know what it was? It was the stupid Johnny Depp trial. <laughs> oh my God. I just is like, uh, but anyway, but along those same lines, and I'm just going to pimp out everybody from the mom to conference here. Um, Catherine Perlman, who we just love, and this doesn't come out until July, so you'll probably be hearing about this again, but has a book coming out called um, A Child's Guide to Digital Responsibility, Safety, and Etiquette, and it's called The First Phone. Mm. Um, so really excited for this to become available. I feel like I needed this years ago, but that made me think yeah. that maybe she probably knows of some type of app or system or whatever that can do that capping thing. So I'm hitting her up right after we get off this. So, All yeah, right. What about you, Amy? Me. Me, um, I wanted to say I'm learning the Francis Haugen. I, I went to their presentation at Mom 2.0. And what I learned that really got me mad is that, you know, we as moms spend a lot of time like being frustrated with ourselves, like, oh, my kids are on screens too much. I guess I'm supposed to do something about it. But I, I don't know. I try something. It doesn't work. I'm just going to feel bad about it, I guess. Yes. And, and they made the very clear point that, yes, and that's how Facebook wants it and the other platforms. As long as the answer is you fix it, mom, yeah. you know, st start being a better mom and then it'll work. They know that that won't work. They know the algorithm's more powerful. They know how to, to alter that if they want to. They won't. And as long as it's on moms to fix it and feel bad about not being able to fix it, nothing will change. Yeah. I thought that was a a very pro-mom and uh, eye-opening way to mm -hmm. to look at what needs to happen. What was that That's system they called? I mean, they actually have, it's called the incremental minute, I think. It's like oh. they try to build everything into their system that makes you stay that next minute. Right. I mean, it is by design. It has a name. It it's, is something that working, they build right. their business around. So yeah, we. I mean, it, it is good to take a little of that guilt off our shoulders. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, because you just were saying like, oh, I spent so much time on Instagram Reels yesterday. I don't even know why. Look, well, I know why. It was the algorithm, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And you get bad about it instead of feel right. bad. Right, and about it just it. kept showing you Johnny yeah. Depp information, yeah. and you couldn't look away. Like you yeah. thought yeah. this was interesting. So that's my learning, and and uh, I'm reading about a little show and tell. This book is called Four Thousand Weeks: Time Management for Mortals by Oliver Berkman, and I got it from the Literati Book Club, and um, it's about grasping the limited amount of time that you have and sort of moving away from standard productivity advice, which makes you more frantic, but not necessarily more effective. Mm -hmm. How to accept the limited nature of your time and what you can do with it is a lot better than just run faster. And so that's what this book is about. And I'm finding it very useful. Ooh, okay, I need to check that out. That, that yeah. sounds like it's very much not that, oh, we all have the same 24 hours. It sounds like, no, you for the hours that you do have, am I understanding that right? The, yeah, here's how to use it. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it starts from like, yeah, you have less time than you think you do, not more mm -hmm. time than you think you yes. do. Yes, <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> You know, we do, we feel the desire to overachieve and, you know, same thing, you know, like there's a reason you feel this way and it isn't that you're not working hard enough. It's that mm -hmm. there isn't enough time. So what are you going to do about that? Oh, Adam, that is on brand, Amy. That is mm -hmm. very on brand for you, that mm -hmm. book. I like it. <laughs>
Um, I am going to start with my luck, which is new season of Selling Sunset. No shame in my game. It is Love my it. favorite show. It is. I just saw someone describe it on Twitter as women dressed as baby dolls selling real estate. And it is like, <laughs> I do sold. think like you cannot this level of fashion wackiness, like it cannot be sustained. Like we're in season four and the outfits are like, it's like a Tuesday and they're dressed in like a bikini with like a wedding cake bottom and like a giant fascinator. I'm just like, <laughs> where can we go from here? Like the outfit started, it's kind of started as like women selling real estate, yes. but then it's become mm -hmm. like, obviously they're getting provided fashions, but I mean, they look like Gwen Stefani backup dancers on a two. I just, I can't get rid oh of them. Oh my God. And, and they're selling these it. houses. And I will say it makes me feel so much better about not being able to afford anything because the houses to me are increasingly like gigantic Costco's mm. filled with mm. Ikea furniture on like a precipice. I'm like, who would even want this house? And they're like, and it's $27 million. <laughs> and having lived in LA, I look at every single piece of real estate and I'm like, wait till it stops raining and the rats come in. Oh Fools. God. The rats are coming. Uh, so that's my show. I love it. <laughs> I have my million dollar personal rats. relationship going with it. And just Google. I mean, don't get on the algorithm. You'll be there all night. But oh, no. Google selling sunset fashions. It's just the things these people are wearing. It's incredible. Oh, I'm sure um, there's an Instagram. Yeah, okay. I need a new oh, yeah, show. I know. Maybe I'm like, doot, 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 doot. it's <laughs> terrible. It's what my sister would call a delight mare. It's like. <laughs> My it's favorite kind of show. It's completely morally indefensible and yet it's delicious. I don't know. It's kind of a folding laundry show. Like you're not sitting around there with the whole family go. watching ah. it. It's definitely a like while you're organizing, you know, your yeah. receipts or something. Next time I'm painting one of those. I haven't had one in a while. I need that. Like yeah. Love it. Selling show. sunset. I mean, and then they fight and it's, it's wild. I don't know. I love it. Um, I'm listening to, uh, this is my, I'm, I'm, I'm like a cult member, Taylor Swift's Evermore mm -hmm. and Folklore, those two albums. And I put, I said it on our podcast and I want to say the comments are filling up. People are like, thank you for the gift of these two albums. I've been trying to get Amy on board. I played it nonstop in our hotel room and mom 2.0. I like the champagne problem song. I'm She's a, not hundred percent in, but like, you're, it's one of those things converted. that once it touches you, it will drag you under. I have no fear. It's a wave. You can't fight it. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say I'm learning about um, many things, but most fascinatingly right now is hippo facts because I have a 11 year old who only cares about hippos. So oh. I will tell you that hippos produce their own sunscreen. Nice. They secrete it. And that they're nocturnal, they're active at night. And that um, hippos were imported to Colombia, the country, by Pablo Escobar. And they are wreaking havoc on the ecosystem of Colombia because they escaped. And now they're living in Colombia and they're an invasive species. And oh, what really? an invasive species they are. They're huge. They're really yes. dangerous, they right? They're right. super dangerous. I think they're like they're the- predators, probably. Like, they're in the top 10 most lethal animals. And um, they're herbivores, so they don't eat you, but they kill you. <laughs> oh, right. They just <laughs> run the into worst. you and smush you. I know. Yeah. They, they don't even, they, they, you're not, you're not even like a good meal. They just kill you. Oh my so God. So that's what I'm learning about. Well, I learned you, about you that. You never knew too. you needed to know any of that. <laughs> uh, it's fun. It's a fun part about having kids this age. They're kind of high maintenance, but man, they teach you a lot about things you would have never known about. 
Yeah. I once learned everything about a peregrine falcon and I yes. wish I could say that I remembered all of it, but we had a big, we um, did a peregrine falcon phase as well. For sure. From the wild crats. The wild crats. I had a wild crat Halloween costume once. Oh really my good. gosh. I feel like I'm missing out. All I get is the Pokemon stuff. Oh yeah. You need to check out some wild crats. You'll never know what you'll learn. You know what? Oh, I am going to plug the week. Is that what it's called? Okay, maybe I'm not going to plug it. It's like a magazine called This the week. week. The Week. Mm -hmm. And it's for kids. And it's like really thorough. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like, so if you're kind of beyond Ranger Rick and that kind of stuff, and but you're not wanting to give him the New York Times or anything, it's like a really thorough little thing. And he loves it. He likes to do the crossword and the yeah. word search. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. When you're recommend. ready to go beyond hippos. Yeah. Awesome. Or no, it still has hippos. It still got, still got the a hippo. My, my, my guy's 11. He's still doing hippos. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought you were saying HIPAA knowledge before. HIPAA. Oh, that would be more useful than we HIPAA all have more knowledge, of that than we but want. I don't have any of that. <laughs> Only from Twitter. Or at least enough of people screaming it in inappropriate yeah, circumstances. Right. Right. I know less about it from reading Twitter, as it turns out. Right. Oh, my gosh. All right, Missy, have you learned anything or read anything this week? I haven't learned a damn thing in the last few days. But um, I, over the last couple of weeks, I watched Bad Vegan. Has anybody else watched Bad Vegan? I'm yet? one episode in. Okay. Oh, I Wendy Aaron just talked about that. It. Talk about a delight mare. It's, I mean, it's a documentary, but it's, I have more questions than answers. I've finished it and I'm just left with questions, but it's about like a hot vegan chef in New York city who was kind of the toast of the town. And then she gets involved with a con artist and it's just the spiraling downward of what happens. And it ended and I was like, well, okay. I have still, <laughs> I, I need don't more. Should we watch it? <laughs> I'm unclear. I if think you should watch it. You'd okay. like it, Amy. You'd I know. Like, did you do I, Tinder is... Swindler, Amy? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll Behind. like it. Okay. <laughs> I love these documentaries that actually don't tell you anything. Like, there's something like, how did they get this show made? Because it really doesn't tell you anything, but it's delicious to watch and just soak up. In. And it's sad. I mean, this, it's sad. This happened to her and it's horrible that she got sucked into this and it completely upended her life. Um, so bad vegan. I finished the whole thing over. It was my laundry show for a couple of weeks and I'm done with it now. And um, it's not that many episodes. And then I just recently read it ends with us by Colleen Hoover. Loved it. Fiction. Loved it. Yes. A friend of mine got it at the library and she texted me and said, I think you would like this. I really want you to read it. I said, okay, I'll put it on my list. And she goes, no, I'm, I'm finished with it. And it's not due until the end of the week. It was right before we went to mom too. And um, she was like, do you just want it? And I read it in like 24 hours, like over, a, you know, it didn't take me 24 hours to read, but um, I read it so fast. I texted her and I said, I'm done. She was like, you're done with the, the whole book. Like I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't put it down and a trigger warning for those listening. It is about domestic violence, but I thought it was really well done. So I do highly recommend reading it. Stop provoking, but also just like a good fast fiction read. If you need something that I liked every once in a while just to be taken out of my world and read fiction. Oh, yes. And that's it. That's it for me. Oh, good. Okay. I needed a new book. So, yes. It'd be a good book club book because it would spur a lot of discussion, I think. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. We got to touch base with you guys. And yes. so great. And not and the conference much frenzy. And ended on time. We're, we're pretty close. For us, it's on time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're getting better. You we're 18 months into this gig and we're getting better. There you go. <clears throat> I know. I can't believe people who have like half hour podcasts. I'm just like, how do you do it? I don't even know. We, we don't even get done with the look, listen, learn by then. 
Yeah, like mom goal. They're just a few minutes. I mean, it's not very long. It's 15 yeah. minutes. Well, you've got the answer. The question and answer ones you guys do are just a little boop. Yeah, they're short. Mm-hmm. A little boop. Yeah, we would mm-hmm. probably try to do that. And then like 25 minutes later, it'd be like, <laughs> and that's why no we don't do chewable vitamins. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you all for being here. It was really fun. Thank you so much for you having us. It. it was our pleasure. It was wow. fun. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. The links to that group and all of our socials can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.